St. James Medical Center. Can I have your date of birth, please? Why? What do you want to do with it? <laughs> I need it for security. Okay. It's 3762. And uh, can I have your name, please? Callum. I meant surname. Well, you should have said. Surname's Gilhooley. Callum Gilhooley, that's correct. I know it's correct. And now I know it's correct. Well, why do you need to know it's correct? So that we know it's you. It is me, I'm telling you it's me. <laughs> Mr Gohooley, how can I help you? Uh, I'd like to make an appointment, please. Oh, I'm afraid we're very booked up. Uh, I can give you an appointment a week on Tuesday. A week on Tuesday? But that's a week on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's as soon as we have. I mean, unless it's urgent. Well, I got a week on Monday if it's urgent. Uh, no, we reserve a few appointments on the day if it's urgent. Is it urgent? Well, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> That's why I'm phoning you. Well, you can see a doctor a week on Tuesday. Aye, but what if it is urgent? And I've wasted eight days thinking it isn't. What if I die a week on Monday? Because I didn't know it was urgent and I couldn't get an appointment to find out. Surely there must be a halfway house, like urgent, not urgent, and maybe urgent, maybe not urgent. We don't know. You better come in anyway. Does it feel urgent? Sometimes. Where is it sore? It's my foot. That doesn't sound urgent. I can't walk. Ah, oh, well, it might be urgent. Ah, oh, well, to be fair, I can walk a bit. Well, how much can you walk? I can hobble. Hobble? Mm, yeah, that seems more like quite urgent. And it's quite urgent, urgent enough for me to get an appointment today, then? It's supposed to be fully urgent, really. I could try and make it worse, if you like. <laughs> make it urgent. I tell you what, I can get the doctor to give you a call. Oh, he's got time to phone me up, has he? Uh, no, it would be a different doctor. We have one doctor per day whose job it is to speak to people on the phone. Why don't you just see people instead? Uh, we find it's quicker to phone. Oh, well, fine. Get them to give me a call and we'll see if it is quicker. <laughs> OK. Because <laughs> I'm not sure it will be. It's quite a long story. I'd have to tell them all about my foot and all about the history of my foot and how it happened, which is quite funny, by the way. <laughs> then I'd want to tell them all the things I think it might be from looking at the internet. Like sciatica, or tendonitis, or plantar fasciitis, or maybe just a sprain. Uh, and Mr. then I'd Gilhooly. have to describe how my foot looks, and if there's any swelling and stuff, and I'd need to explain exactly how I'm limping, and how sore it is, and for how long, and where exactly yes, it's I... sore, and is it a stabbing pain, or a yes, low throbbing sort of thing? I... Yes, I know. Does it vary? So it seems to me, yeah. by the time I've been through all that lot on the phone, I could have popped into his office and shown him my foot in person. Okay, okay, yeah, this is urgent. Definitely urgent. Um, can you come in at half past ten? Today? Yes, today. Not sure about today. <laughs> can we make it Thursday? Okay, Thursday, 11.40 with Dr Saunders. Can we make it half two with Dr Kitson? Yes, it's fine, 2.30 Thursday, Dr Kitson. See you then. She just have asked for that in the first place. <laughs> If Facebook Could Talk, episode 35. Someone famous has died. It's very sad. And I would like to be the first to break the news on here, even though I didn't actually know the famous person. <laughs> and obviously it will be all over the television and radio and online and everywhere. 
Can I be the first to say that it is sad and I was a big fan of this famous person? I agree. That is sad. I am very sad to hear the sad news. I am sadder than everyone so far to hear the sad news. I think it is sad when something as sad as this happens and makes everyone sad. I like that. (laughs) To be clear, when I say I like that, of course I don't like that the famous person is dead. It is sad that the famous person is dead. I only meant I like the fact that you are sad about the famous person dying. Not that I particularly like the fact that you are sad either. I'll shut up now. I like that. Just to say that I once met the famous person who has sadly died, and I am therefore slightly more sad than anyone else on this thread. Yes, I do know what happens when you get your tonsils out. First of all, the doctor, what is called the Sultan, does look down your gully hole with a spoon, and she does say, they are big whoppers and she does look up your nose and say that is gone all wonky too and then she says better whip those whoppers out so then a year later you get up very early in the morning and go to the hospital and they tell you to go straight back to bed even though you've not done nothing naughty (laughs) and you do put on a dress like a back to front nighty and everyone can see your bum hole And even though you did not have any breakfast, they will not let you eat no food or no drink for hours and hours and hours. And they say, oh, your operation will be very soon. But it is not very soon. And you do get in a very bad mood because your tongue has gone like paper and your breath does smell like sick. (laughs) And your mum does get very cross and blamed a hen hates Hess. <laughs> then a nursey comes along just when you settle down for a nice game on your mum's phone and she does tell you it is time for an operation. And the nursey does say, is Teddy having his tonsil out too? So she must be a nutcase. <laughs> and not really should be a nurse because everybody knows that a Teddy is not a real human being. <laughs> then they take you on a supermarket trolley to the room where they are going to cut your throat off. <laughs> and this is called the theatre, but there is no panto and no plays going on there. Just lots of people having a good big laugh with you. And I think that is because they are wearing silly bath hats and jammers and they're all very embarrassed. <laughs> then you say goodbye to your mum and she starts to cry because they do try and suffocate you with a mask. And they say, just do the counting backwards, three, two, one. And the next thing you know, you're all awake again and your neck does feel like it's being stabbed with a big, sharp knife. And then the nursey says, now get up, please, thank you, and eat this great big sausage straight away and you feel much better. <laughs> and your nana does say, in my day, they give you ice cream. And then everyone says you will be up and about in no time, but instead you feel like you swallowed a monkey. <laughs> When the important sultan doctor who done an operation does come round to your bed afterwards, she does say, Oh yes, very good, well done, please, thank you. Your tonsils was as big as a lamb chop and all full of yucky gunk. Well done me for yanking them out. Go home now if you manage to do a wee-wee. 
and then you go home and everyone is nice to you for two days. <laughs> and then your mum has to go back to work and everyone is very cross because they don't know what to blooming do with you. <laughs> and then in a few more weeks you get another sore throat and your mum says, I don't know why we even bothered. And that is why it's having your tonsils out. It is. It's true. <laughs> Cardiville are very cheerful this morning, Gwyneth. Have you been touching himself again? No, Tenzil. Our son, Codville, are happy because he had just got a part in the school nativity play. Right, and what part will you be playing, Codville? Some sort of agricultural appliance? Oh, don't be so silly, Denzel. He are going to be the little baby Jesus, aren't you, Codville? <laughs> How in Swansea are Codville going to be the little baby Jesus? He weighs 17 stone. <laughs> what are they going to do for the baby's crib? Hire a skip? Well, Denzel, Miss said he are going to be the little baby Jesus as a reward for knowing his tables. His times tables? No, just his tables. <laughs> and chairs as well, he have learned. Miss are very pleased with him. Goodness, goodness. How are anyone in their right mind, and I'm not including Yao here, by the way. Oh, thank you, Denzel. <laughs> How are anyone in their right mind going to think that something the size of Codville, such as Codville, a little tiny baby, what was born about ten minutes ago? <laughs> Yes, yes, that's our right, Godville. And that Tiffany play are a celebration of the creation myth of Jesus Christ, and the participants should be regarded as symbolic figures rather than real characters. Gwyneth, have the vicar been talking to Codville by any chance? The Reverend Harry Luyah? <laughs> well, he might have had a word with him, yes. Ah, well, it doesn't matter about the nativity play anyway, because I'm not going to go and see it. <laughs> I certainly don't want anyone finding out that I am his father. But you are his father, Denzel, you are. I sat on that toilet seat when it was still warm from your bottom, and nine minutes later, Codville was born. Yes, but I don't think that was Codville what you gave birth to nine minutes later. <laughs> But we, we won't go into that, no. Oh, Denzel, why do you say such wicked things? Oh, I don't know, Gwyneth. Every man needs a hobby. <laughs> well, there you are, Denzel. Codville says you can't go to the nativity play anyway because he's told all his friends that you died before he was born. <laughs> Saving a young lady from an escaped bear what had taken her round the back at Halford's. <laughs> and that if you hadn't pulled it off, it was going to eat her whole. <laughs> so you can't go to the nativity play, Denzel, cos you're dead. Uh. Yes, Denzel. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Hello, darling. Hello, darling. Mwah, mwah. 
How was your day? Oh, you know. Oh, one of those, eh? Never mind. Uh, how about you, darling? Oh, fine, darling. Nothing to report, really. Oh, that's good, yes. We're very lucky, aren't we, darling? Oh, yes, we are, darling. We're very lucky indeed. Yes. I punched Robert's lights out earlier on. Oh, <laughs> that's good, darling. Yes, I thought so. He's been annoying me lately. Yes, he has, darling. I know. Asking me to work harder and turn up on time and do my share. And... He's a terribly demanding boss. Was, darling. <laughs> He sacked me. Oh, well, there you go. Never mind. You did your best. Well, not really, but who cares? Oh, not me, darling. And so I had a few drinks. Of course you did. You'd be a fool not to. And crashed the car. Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, honestly. Yeah, so I had to put the foot down, and I think I've run someone over. Oh, well, that's just too bad. It's not your fault. My thoughts entirely, yeah. I mean, if you can't punch your boss, have a few too many, crash your car and run someone over, what can you do, Yes, eh? I knew you'd understand, darling. I, I think that's why we get on so well. Mwah! Where's Rex, by the way? I might take him for a walk. Oh, he's in the garden. I can't see him. He's in the ground, darling. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, I had to bury him. Oh, why was that? He was dead, darling. Oh. <laughs> Good idea, then, yes. Uh, well done. D did you kill him? Yes, another shotgun accident, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, I always say you can't make an omelette without shooting a few dogs. <laughs> Safety catch business, it's just beyond me. Yeah, well, never mind, darling. I'm sure you tried your best. Well, I didn't really. Oh, well, no matter. <laughs> you ready for dinner? Yes, that'd be lovely. I'll open one of those Malbecs, shall I? Oh, yes, I think we deserve it after a day like that. Indeed, darling. Well done us for getting through it, I say. Mm. Mwah. Mwah. Now everyone's worried about technology. Causing social isolation and anxiety. I don't share this sensation. I love social isolation. <laughs> Technology gives one a fantastic excuse to become a Howard Hughes recluse. It started with a home computer, the internet, and then a smartphone. I realize that I don't have to mix with people I can stay at home on my own. No social interaction, such satisfaction I don't even have to leave the house. All I need is a smartphone, a keyboard, a screen and a mouse. I can purchase a cravat. Order some Tiffin or find a virtual wife. I can meet friends on Facebook so I don't have to face them in real life. I can avoid the rabble, play all day Scrabble, my stocks I can capitalize. With my desk and my smartphone, I can even do exercise. Or as I call it, desk-a-size. Look, I'm strengthening my thumb. Text, text, mouse, message, text. I'm strengthening my thumb. So technology, really healthy for me. I'm a real-life celebration of social isolation. And my choice dinner party company is me and me and me. And my technology. Scalpel, please. I'm going to make the first incision now. Oh! Shh, shh. 
Hold it right there, D'Artagnan. Where do you think you're going with that short protuberance? Well, well, uh, hang on, you're supposed to be asleep. You've been anaesthetised. Indeed I have, sir, but while well, you were proceeding with procedure <laughs> to send me to sleep, I took the simple precaution of not going to sleep. Because I am the commissioner of this facility and I am on duty. So, King Arthur, if you'd like to leave Excalibur at the door, and you can explain to me the object of the purpose of your intention of your visit here today. Well, I'm going to remove your appendix. Paperwork? What? The documentation, sir. Removals come into the category removals. So I must ask you to see the form. Forward slash 12. Otherwise, we have no way of knowing if you are a bone for Fido or bona fide, <laughs> as they say upstairs. Yeah, but look, if you don't let me do this, you're going to die. Oh, threats don't impress me, sir. So, unless you've got the docket in your pocket, get back on your rocket, David Rocket. <laughs> look, we haven't got time to fill in forms. Will you just give me your permission? No deal, Ali McBeal. <laughs> If you've no got that form, it's dum 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 permission impossible, sir. Okay, the blood pressure's dropping. If we're not quick, we're going to lose him. Look, you've got to let me help you. There's no time. Cardiac arrest. Wee wee wee. Pupil dilation. Beep woo beep woo beep woo. Heart failure. Beep. Body fluid evacuation imminent. Oh, he's gone. And oh, God, can someone open the window? Hello, I'm St. Peter and this is heaven. Can I see your paperwork, please? What? Hold that right there, Sancho Panza. I have been through an unauthorised appendectomy, deaf gone dead situation. So, no paperwork then. Well, I'm afraid it's the other place for you. And where's that? Well, if you just like to go through the doors. <laughs> Dante's seven cycles of hell, past the Big Brother house, and when you see Richard Nixon screaming with flames shooting out of his arse, you're there. At last, somebody speaking my language. Hello, and now for the regional news where you are. If you happen to be in the region where the news is, that is. Is that is? It is, is. I'm Hugh Pugh. And I'm Prue Hughes. The driver of an ice cream van is in hospital tonight following a riot at the annual picnic of the Faversham Fifty Shades of Grey Reenactment Society. <laughs> Organiser of the event, Mr Herbert Dip, admitted that it might have been a mistake to book a Mr Whippy van. <laughs> And in Redditch today, magistrates told a man who had stolen several dozen fireworks by hiding them up his bottom that he'll be let off. <laughs> Members of the public in Sunderland are being asked to look out for three armed men who robbed a post office this morning. Police say that the three armed men should be easy to identify because they have three arms. <laughs> Meanwhile, police in North Wales have launched a major investigation in Rill after a man out walking his dog reported that the sea had been stolen. The seventh time this has happened in the last few days. Real police believe the series of thefts is the work of criminals from rival holiday resort Colwyn Bay. And they particularly want to speak to two men seen with a bucket round about lunchtime. The police say that if anyone has any information, preferably about this incident, they, sh 
they should come forward. Or, if that's not convenient, in any other direction. <laughs> or they can phone the telephone in the police station on 111 111 111 2. And in Rochdale, a housing estate where streets are named after famous explorers has had the sign from one of its streets removed after someone pointed out that the Russian cosmonaut who was the first man in space was called Yuri Gagarin and not Gagin on Urine. I'm fingering my mouse. I'm fingering my mouse. Right click, left click, press, press, squeeze. I'm desk or sizing. And now on Radio 4, the next in our series of The People's War, we hear from those who remember. Mavis Stoter was a chief petty officer in the Wrens. Catering Corps. Mavis describes her most powerful memory. Sandwiches. Hundreds and hundreds of sandwiches. Meat paste, fish paste, toothpaste. And how did you cope with people who had food allergies? Allergies, my arsehole. They weren't invented, weren't no vegetarians, neither. Or if they were, I'd give them chicken shit on toast to teach them a lesson. If anyone demanded crusts cut off, I told them where to shove it. By the end of the war, I was giving them two slices of bark with a bit of phlegm in the middle. <laughs> By the time D-Day came around, I never wanted to see another bleeding sandwich. So, what did you do after the war? I got a job in the kitchen at the Ritz. <laughs> preparing afternoon tea. Ooh, lovely. So, lots of gatto, fancies, pastries? Nah, f***ing sandwiches! <laughs> I look back on the war with horror, of course. It was an absolute bloody time in so many ways. But the one thing that sustained me throughout was the camaraderie of the chaps. As we were close to the spectre of death so many times, I remember taking a young soldier, a private in the dragoons, into my arms as he lay dying. I looked into his eyes and saw only fear. I kissed him gently and uttered the words, Good night, sweet prince. I wrote a letter home informing his mother, as an officer it was your duty. Of course, the next day it transpired that during the long, cold night, the young lad had completely recovered. <laughs> he, he merely had a jolly bad chest infection. He was up and about and fit as a fiddle. It was all very embarrassing. <laughs> had to send another telegram to his mother. She'd arranged the funeral and already bought a hat. That was The People's War, a collection of memories from those who were there, or at least somewhere nearby. Welcome to the Stony Bread's Town Council meeting. Yeah. Right, I'd like to open this meeting by welcoming you all here and by saying what a pleasure it is to see you. So, but by the way, Magret, have you got a new hairdo? Not really, no. Have you had a shave or something? <laughs> oh, might have. I thought so. 
You look very fetching without those sideburns. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, Eck, can I just say that I really like your B.O. this evening? Ah, oh, here's Bruce. It's a new one. Three weeks, I call it. I wonder if you should get it bottled. Eck's B.O. in a bottle. It's got a ring to it, right enough. Hang on, hang on. Wait a minute. Bruce is after something. How do you mean? Don't you see? He's being nice. I like your B.O.E.C. Have you had a shave, Magret? He's after something. I thought he is. Well spotted, Molly. Aye, so what is it you want, Brucey? OK, I've been rumbled. I want your silence. For why? Have you no seen what's happened to Seth Blatter and Faifa? <laughs> We're next. What are you on about? They're all under investigation for fixing stuff. It's only a matter of time until they come knocking on our doors. Someone knocked on my door this morning. There you go, it started. Who was it? By the time I got there, they'd gone. Oh, that's them, all right. To be fair, I took my time getting there. I was in the bath and I had a dump. <laughs> that's disgusting. After I got out of the bath, Eck. Oh, oh, that's good. But before I got to the toilet. <laughs> Now that you mention it, someone was at my bedroom window late last night. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that, uh, Margaret. Uh, it was a, a, a delicate and urgent matter. Oh, I hope you got it sorted out. Uh, yes, yes, it was dealt with satisfactorily. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the matter in hand. He means the other matter in hand. I think you need to relax, Brucey. We've done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong? You're so naive. Who won Stonybridge Best Kept Wheelie Bin competition for the last three years? Not me, Brucey. I don't have one. Me? That's who. But we were the judges. It was all above board. Above board? I bought you all a drink in the king's arse, remember? <laughs> it wasn't even my shout. Oh, I remember that. I didn't know you could get thimbles of ale. <laughs> I thought I'd get away with it. Butcher of the Year, 1995 to 2015. I'm the only butcher in the town. <laughs> Best Brucey award? I'm the only Brucey in town. What about when you won the Beetle Drive? Tell me that was for real at least. I skipped the drugs test afterwards. Oh, wait, Brucey. It's all been one big fix. The whole shooting match. I give in. I hereby resign. Hooray! I mean, sorry, I mean, that's terrible. Oh, are you sure, Brucey, after all these years? I think it's the only way. And you're just getting to like my B.O. as well. <laughs> right, that's that dealt with. Next item. I thought you just resigned. Yes, I did. Now, next item. <laughs> oh, is this a set blatter sort of resignation? Exactly. Straight from his handbook on resignations. I'm staying as chairman until I find out it's not me that's been fixing all these competitions and prizes for all these years and I can pin it on someone else. But until such time, I am going nowhere. Now, can we please get on with the matter in hand? Not that matter in hand, Wally. Sorry. Next item. <laughs> The Absolutely Radio Show is written and performed by Pete Beatty, Marwenna Manx, Murray Hunter, Gordon Kennedy and John Sparks. It's produced by Gus Beatty and Gordon Kennedy and is an absolutely comedy unit production for BBC Radio 4. For all your 